Um, I, I wanted to, just to, uh, Brendan, I've been so out of touch with you guys, and we're really going to be trying to catch up with y'all, but um, before we do, there are just a couple things this morning that, um, that I wanted to hit with y'all, and that is this, is that, um, yeah, the this, this song Jessica and Janae just sang here this morning, uh, the Lord's love is strong for us, amen, and uh, it, it is so strong that we don't have to fear one day that one day he won't love us or that somehow he's lost us. In fact, Jesus said, uh, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Uh, the power of the Lord God Almighty and the power of the cross is able to overcome our failures, our sin, our inadequacies, um, where we fall down, where we trip up, um, our selfishness. Um, it is stronger and bigger than all of that. And it is all done and accomplished and forgiven and taken care of through the cross of Jesus Christ. So let's take some time this morning just to pray and thank the God for his powerful love and his powerful mercy and forgiveness for us. Heavenly Father, as we come this morning, and, and Lord, we need our hearts, our hearts prepared, um, Lord, this morning before we hear your word. So we want to take some time this morning and, and just prepare our hearts this morning before you. Lord God, um, our, our lives have uh, distractions and struggles, and we have failures in our lives, and we, we all the time show up um, inadequate. Uh, we wake up sometimes and we realize that we've fallen behind and we're not following you so well as we, as we hoped we would or, or as we wished we were. Uh, but, Father, your love is stronger than all of that. Your grace is sufficient for us, that even in our weakness, even in our greatest weakness, uh, Lord, your power is sufficient for us, for, for us who believe. And by the cross of Jesus Christ, you've declared us all not only not guilty, uh, but innocent before you. When you look at us, you see the life and the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus Christ. And, Father, it's, that's more than we can take in, more than we can understand. But, Father, it is true. Your power is greater than our weakness. Uh, your might is greater than us. Your uh, forgiveness is greater than our greatest sin. Uh, and so, Father, we stand before you today by the work of Jesus Christ with clean hands, um, with uh, unadulterated mouths and, and hearts and minds, not because of who we are, but because of what you've made us by the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for its great power. We thank you for the great forgiveness and the great strength that we have in the cross of Jesus Christ, Lord God, that we can never, uh, we never have to fear, we never have to be afraid that we've slipped out of your hand or somehow that we've drifted too far off uh, because it's just not so. Um, your power, your might is greater than all of that. Lord, we thank you for being with us this morning. We thank you for being here. Uh, open your words to us this morning and teach us, Lord, we pray by your Holy Spirit. We need your help to understand and for this to sink in. Uh, Father, help me to speak words, Lord, that, uh, that these, the, this church body needs to hear today. Ask your, for your help. It's in Jesus' great name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I wonder if I could get some help from Jonathan and, and uh, Joel this morning. Can you guys help me for a little bit? They had no idea this was coming, which makes it all the more fun, doesn't it? Yeah. I want you guys to do something for me. Y'all y'all ever do like a, a y'all, you've heard as Simon says and done that, can y'all kind of face each other? What I want you to do is mirror each other. So here's what I'd like. Joel, I would like you to do something with your body, you know, jump on one foot, raise your arms, do something. And Jonathan, I would like you to mirror what he's doing. All right, so step away from the stage for a little bit. Want anyone injured? No, yeah, okay. All right, ready? Go for it. Nice, very nice. Good, nice moves too. All right. Who says white men can't dance? All right. 
Very good. Okay, now stop. Now we're going to change the game a little bit. All right, you're going to continue to do what you're doing, but you're going to change. I want you this time to close your eyes. Okay, go ahead. Close your eyes and mimic what he does. Okay, ready? You're not feeling it? I think in Star Wars they say use the force. All right, use your feelings. It's hard, isn't it? Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. It's hard, isn't it? Very nicely done. Very nice. All right. It's hard, isn't it, um, to do something when you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, yeah? And uh, it's true in our Christian walk, too. Um, I, th- I wanted to start today uh, uh, to talk to you about uh, following Jesus Christ. And um, here's, the, here's the deal. If, if you've understood, if we've understood, or if I've over-communicated this, then uh, forgive me. But if we've understood that Christianity is all about um, us saying yes to God's love, then we haven't preached the full, I haven't preached the full gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. Um, we are not only recipients of God's grace and God's forgiveness and saying yes to God and following him through uh, with faith. There's a whole other side of that, right? Uh, there, if, if you contemplate and you understand the cross and the gospel very well, you understand that there's not only salvation, there's also discipleship right? There's also a following. There's also, uh, you know, if, if I can put it, kind of a paint a, a word picture with it, it we, we fall at the feet of, of, of Jesus at the cross, and we receive from him there forgiveness and mercy and grace and all the things that we, that, that, that we need and, and desire and the whole and the hearts that we have for God and we, that we need, but we don't just stay there. We also have to get up at times and show other people the grace and the mercy and forgiveness that we've received. So in, in a way, Christianity is a series of times of kneeling before God and getting what we need from him, and then a time of following and, and through with what he's done and living the life of Jesus Christ. Well, um, the thing is this morning, what I, what I want to tell you is we are all supposed to be growing and reflecting more and more the image of Jesus Christ. But you can't do that if you don't know what he did. You can't follow Jesus Christ and you can't live like he lived if you don't know how he lived. You can't do it if you don't understand and are a student and a disciple of his following close behind him. Um, I remember a a video we got to see. um, Oh, goodness, I'm not going to remember the guy's name. Blue Fish video. What's his name? Janae, he's got it right on the tip of her tongue. No, maybe not. Okay. Uh, He was talking about how, um, yeah, it's going to come to somebody soon. All right, um, he, was talking about the, he, he was talking about how disciples in those days would follow a rabbi, and, and Jesus was called a rabbi, but there were other rabbis in those days. Jews, Jewish people followed rabbis, and, and if you got called to follow a rabbi, that was an honor. And so these people got called to be disciples of a rabbi, and one of the, the blessings that they, they would pray for each other, these disciples, was may the dust of your rabbi uh, be on you, meaning that you would follow him so closely that even the dust that he kicks up as he walks around, may, may that be on you. And that's the kind of attitude that you and I need to follow Jesus Christ, that we want to be so close to him and we be so very near him that his dust falls on our clothing. Yeah. One of the blessings they pray, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? No? Uh, yeah. Okay, it'll come to me later. He's up in north part of the, uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, Jesus didn't just teach us how to have a new spiritual, private spiritual life. He also, he showed us a new way of life altogether, you know, and you don't have to go very far to see it. 
um, in the Beatitudes and, and in the Sermon on the Mount, we can see Jesus taught us things. He taught us how to live. And this was completely different from how even Judaism had been taught, right? Because he would say things like, um, uh, you've heard it said that you're not to murder, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. And he said, uh, you've heard it said that anyone, that you've heard it said do not commit adultery, but I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And he said, um, if, if your enemy, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, what? Turn to him the other, right? And he said, I tell you, you've heard it said love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. These kinds of teachings had never been taught before, right? This is a whole new way of living, a whole new outlook on life that Jesus taught. And ultimately, listen, folks, we're supposed to be living that way. I know you're, none of you are shocked by that, but how can we live that way if we're not familiar with it? How can you know how you're supposed to treat your spouse? How can you know the priority that God sets on forgiveness, right? And here in the Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus taught, and he said, if you're there uh, offering your gift at the altar and you realize your brother has something against you, what's the priority, worship or, or reconciliation in your, in your relationship with your brother? This is contrary to what, what would, we would have thought. We'd have thought, well, the priority is worshiping God and offering to him, and Jesus says no. The priority is you be reconciled to your brother. You go do that first, then you come and worship. Those things, these things are not innate in us. In matter of fact, the world doesn't really work this way. You know, Jesus in the beginning of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are those who mourn, and blessed are the meek, and blessed are those for, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Can you imagine the people that were there, especially those people who were in power when they heard things like this? Blessed are the poor in spirit. See, in those days, everyone, you know, just kind of like today, you look at people who are what? Wealthy or powerful or popular, and you look at them and say, wow, they're the ones who are really blessed, right? Jesus said, no, no, it's exactly the opposite. It's those who are poor in spirit, who are bankrupt in themselves, right? It's those who are meek that are blessed. It's those who are mourning now because their mourning is going to be turned one day to dancing, amen? Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. This is all new stuff, all new teachings, all totally different than, from the way that the world really works, right? Because the way the re- world really works is what? The powerful eat the poor, right? The rich are masters over, over the oppressed, right? That's the way the world works, and Jesus says, no, it's not that way. It's, it's 180 degrees. The house is, the, that way of life is turned upside down. And he said, no, no, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn because one day they're going to be fulfilled. All right. But how can we know? How can you know if you're not, if we're not students? That's the, the, what the word disciples mean, kind of. It's, it's kind of a, a, a lame translation, but it's close. How can we know unless we're good students of Jesus and his word? Um, I heard a guy, uh, a gentleman, a pastor who's now in Dallas. Oh, my goodness, every, all the names are escaping me today. But he, he had really good, um, uh, really good uh, uh, guidance on how we should do quiet times. He says, no matter where I am in, in my studies, he says, I'm always in the Gospels. He says, because I always need to be reminded of what Jesus did and what he taught. Right? How can we be followers of his if we don't know? if we're not reminded constantly what he, how he lived and how he taught, how can we follow him? 
the honest truth is we can't. We've always got to be looking. We've always got to be reminding ourselves, right? And listen, if you're looking for that reminder in the world, it's not going to be there, right? The world doesn't live like this. This is uh, uh, unique to Christianity, uh, the way that we're supposed to follow him. All right, so, yeah, he tells us things like, don't hate, forgive. He says, uh, don't worry, right? He says, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, where you're going to live. He says, don't worry about those things. Your Heavenly Father knows, and we're supposed to be, instead of a people of worry, we're supposed to be a people of faith. And he says, and don't lust, and don't be consumed with the things of this world. They be consumed about the things that are higher and greater. Uh, in, jo- in Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 23, he said, uh, he told his disciples, he said, he said, then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen, our lives ought to reflect how Jesus lived. It's just that simple. Uh, listen, we and I need to spend time before the cross, spend time reminding ourselves of the gospel. Matter of fact, in fact uh, Martin Luther said that you ought to preach the gospel to yourself once a day, twice if necessary, right? That, that we ought to be continually reminding ourselves of the gospel. But not only that, but we also have to get up from that place at some point and follow Jesus Christ. It's not only about receiving from him, it's about following him, following him well. That's a well-lived Christian life, a balance between spending time with our Heavenly Father and quietness in our prayer closet, receiving from Him all that we need, but also in following and acting the way that He did and living the way that He did. Amen? Amen. I heard Matt Chandler one time. He was saying that uh, he had, a, uh, had a, uh, a, a pastor of a black church come and preach for him one Sunday, and he came back, uh, Matt Chandler came back in town, and he said, uh, said, well, how did it go? And he said, uh, he said, brother, I'll tell you, I never know how, how I did when I come and preach at your church, because there aren't a lot of, uh, there are not a lot of amens and, and hallelujahs and preach it, brother. And, and uh, Matt said, well, how'd they respond? And he said, well, I got a head nod and an amen. And Matt said, oh, you killed it. You got an amen and a, and a head nod. You killed it. Yeah. Good story. All right. All right. Amen, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Preach it. I would like that maybe occasionally. Preach it. That'd be funny. That'd be good. All right. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be students of Jesus Christ, but listen, how can we follow him if we don't know? We have to be students of the Scriptures. You have to be in the Gospels. You and I, all of us, have to be in the Scriptures, especially in the Gospels, knowing and seeing how Jesus Christ acted because he is our role model. He is the one that teaches us. Listen, you want to know how to, how to treat your wife? You open your Scriptures, and you turn to some of the other disciples too, about like uh, Paul when he writes in Ephesians chapter 5. You want to know how you're supposed to treat your children? You want to know? Uh, what you're supposed to do in, in times of, of, of want when you really don't know what the Lord's going to do. You open your scriptures, you open your Bible because it's all there. How you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to live, the things that you're supposed to have priority in your life, it's all in there. And we've got to be good students of the gospel. We've got to be good students of, of, uh, of the gospel, of the word of God. Um, not only that, not only do we need to be good students, but we need to be good at following and mirroring what Jesus did. In John chapter 14, the, this would be the night that Jesus was betrayed, and he was talking to his disciples up in that upper room, and he told them this. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Do you hear that? Listen, Christianity is not a private spiritual relationship with God. Christianity is that and 
following Jesus Christ in your life. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. Matter of fact, you can't get up and try to follow Jesus Christ without receiving anything from the gospel. They're both necessary. We have to be good students and we have to be meditating on Jesus Christ and and God and all of his work. But then when we're done with that and we've received from that all that we need from God, then it's time to get up and to follow and to put into action the things that we've learned. Amen? And to an ever-increasing glory, reflect the glory of Jesus Christ in our lives. As Paul would write in 2 Corinthians, right? Um, Thank you. Let me say something else before we get too far. You know, we take, we take we, would you put up Luke chapter 9 again there, please, Jason? Luke chapter 9, verse 23. I think we get hung up on this, on this verse a lot. Um, and it's kind of, I don't know, kind of disturbing, I guess. He said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This verse is about what? Self-denial. It says, the things that I want, I'm going to put to death and I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. This sounds like really fun, doesn't it? I mean, this is something that you and I get up every day and say, yes, Lord, I want to carry my cross. I want to die to myself and everything that I've ever wanted. Uh, That's not really all that exciting. It's what we're called to. Amen? Preach it. (laughs) That's right. It's what we're called to. That's right. It's what we're called to. But listen, this is not the only way. This is not the only reason or the only model that we have for following Jesus Christ. Here's the other part of this, is that when we do what Jesus Christ was doing, we're going to find greater fulfillment and joy than we've ever known before. Is that true? The Apostle Paul, you remember he, when he wrote, and of course, you remember what happened to Paul. You know, Paul went all throughout Asia Minor and over into Italy and Greece and things, but uh, he followed the calling of God on his life so much uh, that, you know, and, and of course, people received him so well. There was that time that he got, you know, uh, uh, stoned to death and then almost to death, stoned till he was unconscious and drug out of the city uh, and left to die there. Um, and then turned out he was not dead, only, uh, you know, uh, suffered from stoning and, and being knocked unconscious. But he didn't die there. And then he was shipwrecked at sea and spent a few days in the ocean uh, and all of that stuff. But listen, Paul was never bored. <laughs> Are you with me? You know, and, and let me say something here. Let me become really very unpopular with you. Video games. You ready, men? Okay. I think, I enjoy a good video game as much as anyone else, really, truly. But I think video games are the substitute for a life. You know what I mean? When you do something and, and they make it where it's challenging, but you can accomplish it and it feels, kind of, uh, it feels kind of good to accomplish and work your way through the game, right? That's true, right, men, as you, as you play the video games, right? It's true. It, it feels that way, doesn't it? But it's a substitute. I mean, this is artificial stuff, right? This is not life. If, you know, I, I, I know some people, unfortunately, uh, nobody here that I'm talking about. I know some people, unfortunately, that the, their video game is like the highlight of their week. I, really, I kid you not. Grown men, and I worry about that because they have no sense of calling on their lives, and this is the most exciting thing they do. As Mr. T would say, I pity the fool, right? All right. A little color today. I don't know why. Anyway, I I pity the fool. Um, Maybe it's just because I'm so white it hurts sometimes. But listen, 
denying ourselves is, is, is certainly a part of following through with Jesus Christ. But listen, that's not the only part. The other side of the coin is, is that there is no greater life than this than to follow Jesus Christ. And there's no substitute for it. You know, um, I think is, is one of the greatest fears that people have, and I don't know, I, I know this is certainly true of, of men. I don't know so much about women, but uh, it's certainly true of, man, of men. I don't want to live a life that doesn't count. I don't want to get to the end of my life and think, what did I accomplish? What did I do? Are you with me? It would be a painful death at that point, wouldn't it? Remember the words of the Apostle Paul? He said, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. And he said, and now I'm ready for a crown. Right? What a greater life. Yeah, there's an aspect of self-denial here. There's an aspect of the things that I'm tempted to do in my sinful nature and my selfishness, those things every day I have to put to death. But on the other hand, what do I get? When I put that to death, what do I receive? I receive a calling and a purpose on my life to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, to follow my Savior that loved me so much that he gave his life up for me, for the joy that was set before him, the writer of Hebrews would say, the joy that was set before him endured the, the, the scorn and the shame of the cross, right? And there's the same, same thing for us. There's joy in following Jesus. There's purpose in, in learning to act and to be and to live like him. Amen? Amen. Lord, help us to find it. Lord, help us to find it. All right. Let's see. I want to close with uh, John 14, please, 23. John 14, 23. Jesus, on the same night that, that we read the other passage about following him or doing what he did, in, uh, would later on say this, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. And listen what happens. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So I, I want to back up here. He said, we will, my father will love him, and we will make our home with him. Who is him? He who has obeyed the Lord's commands, yeah. who has followed through, not just spent time at the feet of Jesus at the cross, but also gotten up and said, now there's actually, there's work to do. There's a kingdom that's advancing. Uh, the, the, the kingdom of God is always growing, and it's always in advancing. And listen, if you'll let it, it'll grow in you too. Amen? Amen. All right, let's close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together this morning. We thank you for the calling that you've placed on our lives, Lord God, to look and to be and to act more like Jesus Christ. And we come before you today, Lord, that say, to, to tell you, to confess, we are short-sighted people. And too many times we take up our own cause and the things that we want or we feel uh, uh, pity for ourselves for the things that we don't have and the things that we wished we had, and we miss out on all that you have for us. Lord God, make us your disciples. Make us students of the life of Jesus Christ. Help us to be always in your word, always looking in the gospels to seeing how Jesus acted and what he taught and how he lived, that we might live a life like him, a life of surrender, of something, a life that we can come and deny ourselves and all the things that, the silly things that we want and put those things to death, that we might receive a life that is abundant. Lord, make us your people. Make us your disciples, we pray. It's in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here this week. Lord bless you.